So it was April of 2021. We were a year into the pandemic. People were starting to cut loose the summer of love, but advertisers were scrambling with iOS 14.5 coming out that was releasing the app tracking transparency, the ATT, which was requiring people to uh, explicitly give permission to mobile apps for that app to track them. Facebook was up in arms because they're saying that this is gonna damage small business, which is the first time I've really heard Facebook cared about small businesses, but thank you, Facebook. And once it was released, mobile apps began asking people permission to start tracking them. And advertisers were panicked that they weren't gonna be able to track conversions, grow their retargeting audiences. What were the real implications gonna be? And they started getting really scrappy and coming up with workarounds. I am Andrew Street with Dealer OMG. I'm joined by our technical lead, Jasmine Goodsaid who just got done with NADA. Okay, Jasmine, two years in, two years since iOS 14.5, we're at like 16.3 now, I believe. What have we learned? Number one is you have to prove that you own your own assets. So Facebook had to make some changes so that they could communicate to Apple that you are a real website, your real dealership, uh, and that you're not going to do anything weird with uh, the information that you track, and you're not going to track more than is yours too. What Apple was really trying to do was make sure that third parties, like websites that have no business, apps that have no business, just tracking you around with everything you do, uh, don't have access to that information. Now, the good news is anything that happens on your website is yours to use. And Facebook also helps mitigate recognizing that. So with with the tracking, what what was the big difference with, was it attribution window? Was it the ability for people to be able to track offline conversions or was it all the way to tracking people going into the shopping cart and thank you pages? Yeah, it was pretty much everything. So one, the attribution window narrowed. It also went from the ad account level to the ad set level. So originally you had like 28 days and then with iOS, it's down to like seven days of attribution. Also, again, the process of saying that you are a valid website, that changed. So now Facebook's like requiring that you verify your domain with them so they can go back to Apple and say like, hey, they're legit. Also, they're requiring that you be way more mindful about what's important to track. For example, they're limiting how much, how many conversions you can track when a person goes to your website. So now, you have to figure out, okay, what are the eight most important things and in what order are they important? All of that was part of uh, the sweeping changes. Okay, here's always been my experience. So, so we run an ad agency that, that works with car dealerships, but it's the same with every industry. When there's this sort of disruption and cataclysmic changes where the, the playing field's always the same, everybody has the same restrictions, there's opportunity for uh, the advertisers and the, the the brands to be the ones to really help na to, to navigate the rapids and end up at the bottom 
as one of the few that didn't capsize or just abandoned everything together. You said you you were mentioning that Facebook restricted tracking capabilities. How many different I guess actions can people track now? Uh, to be clear, technically you can track infinite amount of events, but if you want reporting on them for uh, Apple iPhone users, then you're limited to eight that you can optimize and accurately report the aggregate numbers on. Okay. But you're manually setting up those eight actions that people are taking on the website to report back to Facebook's ads manager. Right. So you set up the events the way you did before, except now there's the added step of going into something called aggregated events measurement, AEM. And then yes, you have to like specify, okay, for this pixel, for this account, this is the specific event that we are trying to optimize. And again, it goes even further where it has to be uh, in the specific order that you find it important. Cool. Okay. So there's steps. It's not just anybody can start setting this up simply. And that uh, there is opportunity right there for a brand to be the first and maybe the only to start setting this up in their market or in their uh, their sphere of competitors to be the ones that are going out there and proactively figuring out how to, like with Facebook, it's still the most cost-effective paid advertising platform, in my opinion. With Facebook, paid Facebook, paid Instagram, if you are the, one of the brands that's pushing to maximize the capabilities. And so attribution's been squeezed for everybody, but you can still measure and start to, to optimize campaigns based on these types of events. And arguably your competitors are not, is that right? Oh yes, I, I would definitely agree. We see so many people who th their domain is not verified. It means like, okay, so you clearly are not optimizing or optimizing for or measuring iPhone users if your domain isn't even verified, much less for figuring out the specific events and prioritizing it, you know? So yes, I see it mostly with independent dealerships. So if you're an independent dealership uh, and you're competing with others, there's a strong possibility that you can really stay ahead of the curve and uh, overtake your market just by doing that simple step. Right. It's some work on the front end that'll reap benefits because you're the one that's driving actual sales, people driving off your lot. And you could track some things because, okay, with the domain verification, I remember as soon as, as iOS 14.5 came out, I think I got my order right. But Facebook was hitting us up, telling all the agencies that have a, a handful of clients that have representation to claim domain verification for all of their customers. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. So we claimed domain, this is a website domain verification and got Facebook to approve it for all of our clients. And then what happened? But basically we realized like, oh, wait a minute. Um, if all of these domains are verified by us in our business manager, then that takes the ownership away from um, the business, right? So then if the business decides to leave, uh, you know, and they're removed from our business manager and our domain, then it means 
with the next person they work with, they can't optimize for uh, Apple because they're trapped because all the events that they would normally optimize for are in a completely different account that doesn't belong to them. Um, and that really, once we realized that, we decided, okay, new process, let's work with the dealer in their own business manager or create a business manager account for them if that's what we need to do. Work directly with their website provider, their DNS provider to make sure we get the domain verified for them in their account where they own everything. That was a headache, but we got through it all. And now all of the customers own their own domain verification, which they should, and they should own their own social media profiles and have it be owned by somebody who's going to be there for a long time. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, and you mentioned something too that I always have to remind myself when we're thinking about iOS, anything, is that it's just Apple devices. So everything else that does this doesn't apply to. That's I don't even know what other kinds of phones there are. Samsung and galaxies and pixels and things. Yes, exactly. There's still a lot of different operating systems for phones that all, we're always able to track, which is why, uh, as many advertisers noticed, whenever iOS 14 completely rolled out, they were like, hey, wait a minute, I'm still getting all of these metrics and reporting in Facebook. And it's because, yes, you are still measuring it for non-Apple devices and, of course, desktop as well. Okay, so cookies help advertisers track what consumers are doing on websites. They also help build retargeting audiences. So we've talked a lot about the attribution, measuring events. How have how has targeting changed? How have audiences changed? If you weren't tracking those events for iPhone users, then your retargeting audience is not going to be as large or as accurate. Um, so it could have a negative impact on your retargeting if you're not setting up and doing all these things that Facebook's requiring now. Um, so I'm sure that a lot of people probably saw a large decrease in the effectiveness of their retargeting audience if they haven't set up all of those events. What, what are some suggestions? like for, for brands, but specifically we work with car dealerships, like what can they do to, to proactively get out and, and start leveraging some of these techniques? Well, at this point, it wouldn't quite be proactive because uh, iOS okay. 13 is <laughs> yeah. in there for a while. Two years reactive. Yes. Uh, but what they can do now is, uh, again, to verify your domain if you haven't and that's not enough. Once the domain is verified, then you also have to set up your AEM. And I mean, one of the good things that has come out of this is that it really does uh, force people to be a lot more mindful about what they're tracking. It's no longer, oh, well, we'll just like track a button click for absolutely everything on our website. It has to be more of a thought process of, okay, so what's what's important to us? Like, what results do we want to see? Let's make sure we're capturing that as accurately as possible. And let's consider uh, the order of importance for that, which I've spoken a little, like, a little bit about earlier. Um, but what I mean by the importance is that there are eight events in the AEM, but you have to order them because what Facebook has kind of said is, let's say somebody goes to your website and you're tracking three different things a VDP view, a chat open, 
and a lead form fill. If somebody does all those things, they go to the VDP, they talk to somebody in the chatbot, and then they fill out a lead form, Facebook is essentially saying, we are going to track one of those actions. Even if they do all three, only one will be tracked. Which one do you want us to track? So a lot of the times we order VDPs somewhere a little bit lower because someone just going to a VDP isn't quite the most important thing. Uh, it's all about the lower funnel, like lead form fill. So that order, sorry, I got a little off track, yeah, is, uh, but it's yeah. important because you're going to assume that you're tracking VDP views when that person actually filled out a lead form and you need to attribute that back to the right creative, the right audience, the right copy points. So you can continually optimize the ads. I guess that then that is really uh, to answer the initial question of what can dealers do is be mindful, like of all the things that happen on your website, what's important? Like what is the most right. important? What are the eight most important? What are a few things that you typically always set up to track with a franchise new car dealership? Definitely VDP views. Um, even though, you know, there are a lot of events that happen on a website because Facebook doesn't really identify VDPs specifically because it's not very automotive specific. If you want to optimize your ads to make sure that people are going to be going to your website and specifically looking at vehicle detail pages, then you have to make sure you are tracking that very specific type of event. So that's one we always set up. Always, of course, lead form fills, right? Uh, you know, you want to know and you want to optimize, especially for people who are going to go a little bit further, not just visit your website, not just look at a car, but actually submit their information. That's super important. And um, for franchise dealers specifically, we also uh, look at schedule services. So that's really important. Um, and a cool thing that a lot of people don't realize is that depending on your iframe provider, potentially you can even track iframe form uh, submissions. And if you can do that, then you definitely want to optimize your ads for something as specific as that. And then prioritize that event. So we'll tip it there. Yeah. Okay. Here is my quick take on all of this stuff we're talking about. Like, and this like the iOS 14.5 that comes two years after HEC, which is the any advertising you're doing that has to do with housing, employment, or credit. You can only target at, at the most specific of 15 mile radius around a geographic location. So a big circle and everybody in there. And then that was an opportunity for people like us and brands that are kind of forward thinking to start figuring out ways to continually be able to target by pooling third party data. With, for us, it was DMV records and household income and net wealth and credit scores and things like that to start to narrow, narrow the audiences down from just blanketing that radius and also pulling in dealerships data. So people who've already shopped us before, people who purchased, but they're not doing routine services and get them into the service department. So that was a terrible, th or, or that was a horrifying piece of news to come out that translated into being really good for us to have our customer base be the ones who are out ahead of it and immediately being able to be really 
more a lot more prescriptive with their targeting. And it sounds like we're now that we're able to look back a couple of years, we're having a similar um hopefully a similar feeling with iOS 14.5. Yeah, um you know it can be scary uh just like it was with ATC and certainly there have slowly been more and more restrictions. The most recent one was so as many people know, lookalikes changed into special ad audiences. And um, a few months ago in October, Facebook, I think it was October, but Facebook essentially said, okay, no more, not even any more special ad audiences. So can't even do uh, sort of the fake version of the lookalike. So there are changes and they can be scary, but I think ultimately, one, there are, of course, ways of getting around them and still running really valuable ads that lead to conversions and sales while being protective of uh, your customer's data. Looking, looking forward, like into a crystal ball of the next three years of digital advertising, especially in the, the small local business space and the dealership space for us, what do you, what do you think is on the horizon? What kind of shifts? Conversions API is on the horizon. Conversions API doesn't quite combat iOS 14 because you're still going to need to verify your domain. You're still going to need to prioritize events, right? But it does give you access to even more of your website than the pixel allowed for because it's not just pulling from a browser's data, but rather uh, this the events that got logged onto your server and then pushing those back. So that's a huge change. Chrome is starting to push towards no third-party cookies. What a lot of people need to understand is that what happens on your website is a first-party cookie and Chrome and incognito browsers really get, are getting rid of third-party cookies. Facebook pixels are very different from a cookie. They function similarly, but ultimately they are different and they count as both a first and a third party cookie, sort of. Um, but other than that, other than minimizing third party cookies, I think um, the future is bright. Uh, we're still going to find ways to track and overcome while being, you know, better people who aren't taking advantage of data. So. I, I agree. And yeah. I, I do also think that with all of these changes, it's going to force advertisers to go back to being creative and standing out from competitors and not programmatic and automation completely and relying on machines to pull inventory feeds and publish the same carousels everybody else in the entire planet are running the same ads it's going to require us to step back come up with some custom creative use different aspect ratios start to cut for stories start to cut for reels and um yeah i i agree i share your optimism for the future it's part of my job is to do yeah. <laughs> Yes, and exactly. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people are worried that the ads are going to be less tailored now, but I would argue that now they have the opportunity to be even more accurate 
because you're not just using generic interest audiences. You're really focusing on information about the people who are going to buy from you. Right. Yeah. And while, while still being able to be a good steward of your data and tapping in responsibly to third-party data, like, uh, for example, like audiences that are working well or, or people who own your manufactured vehicle that is still under warranty, but they didn't buy from your store. So now we have a group of people who are under warranty who must be doing their their uh, services at a dealership, but they didn't purchase from us. That's a unique small audience for us to try to pull into our service department and start our relationship with them. Because hopefully that last dealership charged them way over MSRP and they had a bad experience and they're looking to start a new relationship with the dealer. That's just my thought. Yeah. Um, Jasmine, this is great. I think we went into the weeds a lot because that's where we live. And whenever my parents are wondering what we do for, uh, wondering what I do for a living, I'll just let them listen to this and they'll be like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thank you. This was fun. This is our first attempt recording something like this. So, so I hope it's beneficial for everybody.